For six generations, the Jones family has been providing high-quality meats. And now, we're providing treats for the best member of your family, man's best friend, aka the goodest boys and girls. Jones Natural Shoes makes bones and treats that are sure to be savored by your dog and are made from the best natural ingredients available. Our flavorful chews are made from natural animal parts and will have your puppy drooling with happiness. From treats like sticks and chews to savory bones and patties, we've got you covered for finding the perfect reward for that special pup in your life. Jones Natural Chews come in all sizes, so make sure to choose the right treat for your pup. And remember, it's important to be supervising your pup when they're enjoying their treats to keep your puppy safe. Jones Natural Chews, available at a pet store near you, or visit jonesnaturalchews.com to get started with our store locator tool. That's Jones Natural Chews, available at a pet store near you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the Heal Thrive Dream Podcast, where trauma survivors become healthy thrivers. Each month will feature a theme in the trauma recovery and empowerment field to promote your recovery, healing, and learning how to build dreams. Here's your host, Karen Robinson, transformational coach and therapist. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Heal Thrive Dream Podcast. Today, my guest is Diane Hogan. Diane is a shaman spirit mentor specializing in regression energy healing techniques. She helps people on a path of self-discovery. And Diane, can you please um, add in and tell our audience what else about you that I didn't hit upon right now? Uh, Yes, I do regression energy healing, and it's for addressing recurring themes and also uh, PTSD, specializing in childhood uh, sexual abuse, quite frankly, and trauma. Uh, so I, I fall into that category myself. I've been doing this healing work on myself for many years, and I finally decided to turn it around and start helping others as it's been helping me. Uh, I, I do shamanic practices, so I do clearing work. I help people to identify their lessons learned around these events because these are sacred contracts that whether you believe it or not, these are things that we actually sign up for before we incarnate. And so these are things that we put ourselves through that we have to overcome and then learn these lessons so that we can go through an ascension process. So it's really an ascension that we're going through. And we're at a very auspicious time here right now on Earth as we are going through huge shifts and changes. So uh, we're going from a third to a fifth dimension. So I know it's a little out there, but this is the kind of work I do. So I work with spirit guides, archangels, um, ascended master teachers, and also uh, work with deceased loved ones. A lot of deceased loved ones come through when I do the work with these people, with uh, the clients. So, and I also currently am working with um, 
Uh, I kind of scaled it up a little bit recently and I do guided meditation and also uh, started a uh, four session solution program to help women to attract in their divine mate and their ideal life. So that's something I'm working with right now and uh, subscriptions coming in November for a package. And oddly enough, I have been a stockbroker in the past. So I have that very left brain material world that I can tap into. So that might be, you know, integrated into parts of the subscription that I'm going to be offering uh, coming in November. So I can imagine that piece of you helps people who find your work a little woo-woo. How do you talk with people about when they are struggling with the woo-woo factor? Well, you know, for one, people actually are guided to come to me. If, if this is not a comfort zone for the person, they are just simply not going to even, you know, it's, it's kind of a very black and white sort of thing for me. Uh, either you're going to want to find out about this and learn more and realize that you're in this kind of an awakening project, this awakening situation within yourself. Quite frankly, I didn't even wake up until 2006. So this is really pretty new for me. Like I said, I was a stockbroker. I was very mainstream. Um, and suddenly in the late 90s, mid to late 90s, things started changing and I started to awaken to things but I didn't really start waking up until 2006. So I've been on both sides of the journey. And if you're not into this, then you're simply not even going to want to even listen to this podcast. <laughs> but if you're interested, there's a lot. It, it's like another world. It's quite frankly, it's like another world. So mm -hmm. that's the only thing I could say about that. Okay. Well, some people will be curious and some people may have tried traditional therapy or other um, methods to trying to feel well that haven't worked for them. So that mm -hmm. might be another reason why people tap into your services. And so that's exactly, that's what happened to me as well, because I have done mainstream uh, therapies. I started in, when I was in my 30s, and uh, I found it was very helpful, but it seemed like a very long journey. And when I started going down this path, I actually had a medical condition that I was um, finding out about a shaman to do this kind of clearing work on a cyst that I had on my ovary. And it was very unusual. And I thought, well, okay, you know, but as things have it, it, it just like synchronicity is starting and it started to happen that day, even when uh, I was talking to this, actually a dance teacher at the time, because I knew I was going to have to stop dancing for a little bit. I'd take ballroom and Latin dancing at the time. And uh, so I realized I was going to be out of commission for maybe six weeks to two months. And I guess he didn't want that to happen. <laughs> so he made that suggestion. I was like, I didn't even know I, I was I didn't even know what a shaman was. OK, just so you know. So, and I was too embarrassed to ask, but that afternoon I got home and on a local paper, the observer was the local shaman in my neighborhood who was only 10 minutes away. And that one thing led to another and I started working with her and I kept asking for a miracle to happen so that I didn't have to have any surgery. And I got that miracle and I didn't have to have any surgery. So I got rid of it.
And that's a testimony in and of itself, right? Exactly. So that to me was like, oh my God, we are really powerful. And we, through the power of our intentions and the law of attraction, we can make things happen. So that was, it just really woke me up. That was my wake up call. And I just realized how much I just loved doing this work. And so I knew it was something deep down inside of me that was awakening and it was just the beginning of a very unusual path that I never thought I was going to be on, but it was just, it was calling to me. And it, I, I realized this was part of my journey and something I was supposed to be doing to find out why I'm here to begin with. So, and here I am. Yeah. So going back to the trauma that happened in your early life, what parts of, of your trauma do you think would be helpful for our audience to know? Well, what happened, um, I, I had what I thought was isolated incidences. I had a situation when I was um, eight years old that happened when I was in watching, I think it was, uh, I was in Radio City Music Hall in New York City when I was eight. And I think the movie was uh, Sound of Music. Uh, that that part I'm I'm still trying to put together because I I kind of blocked out when this situation was happening. But a a pervert put his hand under my leg that was sitting next to me, and he was itching his way up to my crotch. And I, my sister was to my right, and my mother was on the other side of her, and my brother was on the other side of my mother. I leaned over at one point and asked my mother for help. And I said, um, you know, mom, this man has his leg under, he's got his um, hand under my leg. And she said, tell him to move it. And I realized, wow, I'm eight years old. I mean, I, you know, (laughs) so I didn't know what to do. So what I did was I pushed my leg down on his hand, thinking that that would help to, it's like, you know, I didn't, I was really super shy. So he never moved it and it was there the whole time. And it wasn't until the very end of the, um, of the performance that he like bolted out and came all the way around and was gawking at me when I left. And it was the most horrible experience. And one that I, you know, it just, it really resonated with me like, Oh God, you know, it was so gross, but that was the end of it. I never really talked anything more about it. My mother was not there for me when, uh, when I asked for help. Then my mother had a situation when I was 15 and she got sick and she was out of commission for quite some time. And I ended up having to be the caretaker for my youngest brother and sister who was at that time just turning one and two years old. So wow. it was, it, I'm one of five children. I'm the oldest daughter. I have an older brother. Uh, so I had to step up to the plate and become the, the mom during that time. My father had made an attempt to, um, to cuddle up with me and he felt me up and I told him, what are you doing? No. And he left. So I didn't realize that there were all these other memories that were repressed. And it wasn't until I started doing the spiritual path that I went to Native American sweat lodges and I was doing inner work and clearing work and just identifying all this stuff. It turns out that people around me just knew. They knew that I was going to figure this out one of these days. And, um, but I, but they couldn't tell me, they could tell me all they want, but I would have, I would have just been such denial about it that I would have said, what are you talking about? 
So one day, finally, I started doing work on my own, and I started doing some past life regression work on myself, and I was doing it with a non-physical spirit guide, and that's where things get a little shaky. So I was doing mainstream, too, because I was going through a divorce at the time, and so I had both mainstream and also working with the shaman, and then eventually worked with Native American people. And uh, the Native Americans are amazing people. They, have, they just are incredible with the earth realm and uh, the spirit realm. And so I was able to, um, I knew I had the isolated incidences with the sexual, uh, you know, molestation. And one of the sweat lodges had to do with women that were sexually abused. So I kind of figured, well, you know, that it was kind of a minor thing, but yeah, technically, you know, it was felt up. So, so I went and the, and the woman was trying to actually get me to come. So she, again, they knew, they just knew that there was stuff that I had buried. So by 2011, I was doing a lot of inner work on myself and still doing the SWAT launches. And eventually I stepped away from the SWAT launches and did, did some of the work on my own. And at the end of 2011, something happened and I, I was doing a lot of meditative work on myself, a lot. And something like almost cracked open inside of me and it happened right around my solar plexus area. And I felt like I was bleeding out. It was the most bizarre feeling. And I was in kind of a panic because something was awakening inside of me and by, it was right around Christmas and New Year's of that year of 2011. And by January 6th of 2012, I had my very first memory of being sexually abused as a three-year-old. And so that year in 2012, I had uh, 22 situations of sexual abuse that all came to the surface. And it was one after the other. And it was one of the most traumatic experiences of my life. And I did it on my own, uh, and I was able to uh, do 16 of them in a about a week period of time in September. I was doing uh, vision quests at that time, which I did on my own. It's just a little three-day thing where you sit around and don't drink much water and don't eat much food and just get into spirit, and I set a space. So I kind of did something similar to what the Native Americans do for vision quests, but I did it, I call it my five-star vision quest because I had a bathroom and I wasn't out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so it was uh, a lot more comfortable. And I did a little bit of water and I do eat a little bit of food, but very, very little. So I, I was in spirit and it was all of a sudden, uh, it was like a conga line of my little girls. And I actually... In the beginning, I was sort of in a traumatic experience. I was like, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe there's so many. And then, then I kind of pulled myself together and I actually interviewed my young self and I documented everything that I was able to recall. So I, was, I, I got down to where I was able to remember at 18 months old being sexually abused and uh, it went all the way up <clears throat> until I, until age of 11, where I had, um, uh, right before I got my period, I actually got my period on my 11th birthday. It was almost like a 
the rite of passage, like you don't have to get sexually abused anymore because my father actually completely rejected me when I became a woman, which was good until that 15-year-old situation where he tried again. So that sort of wrapped it all together. That's the reason why I told him, no, why, you know, what are you doing when I was 15? Because all these other memories were, were buried, but I couldn't even face them at that time. So that's, that's the story. That's what happened. <laughs> yeah. So I, I get how traumatic that was for you. And, but was what happened to get you on the healing part of that? Like, did you go through the stages of grief first? I know yeah. those aren't linear. They're up and round and around. But tell us more right. about your healing path. Um, since I had been doing this self-healing path with the non-physical and also, you know, very spiritual, uh, I realized I kind of, it, it was, 2012 was the most insane year, but it was also a gift in itself because it allowed me to really see what happened to me as a kid. It explained things. It made sense for the reason why I was so shy, because I realized during the time that I was literally recalling and interviewing myself, I was also being told, don't tell anybody, don't say anything, you know how mad your mother gets, blah, blah, blah. And this was happening at a very, very young age. And so when I got to school, I was petrified of even being up in front of a class and, and speaking. So it just made sense that I was incredibly shy. And that shyness lasted through high school. And I hate to say it, but it was actually, I did smoke a little pot by the time I was 18. I, I got all the way through high school, didn't do anything. I was goody two-shoes the whole time. <laughs> and it wasn't until I, I was able to relax enough and just get a little calmed down that I was, I was holding this this whole time. And I, I realized I was in, I was in like trauma and anxiety ever since I was a baby practically. So, you know, so that was part of the journey of being able to realize I had to like undo all this. And then I realized this is how I've attracted men into my life and how I've attracted uh, poor choices and relationships. And so it would, so for me, it was like my entire life was unraveling for me to look at it and to be able to say, okay, I don't want to repeat these patterns anymore. I don't want to do this stuff. I don't want to have bad relationships that end up going sour, you know, something that starts off good and ends up becoming an absolute disaster. Uh, I, I grew up with, you know, parents that fought like cats and dogs, and I have some incidences that were unpleasant. Um, you know, it's kind of amazing. Both my parents, strangely enough, are still alive, and they're, they're still married, which is kind of insane. They should have divorced years ago, but they stayed together. So, you know, and even when I spoke to my mother about my memories, unfortunately, she said that, uh, you're making it up and that, um, you know, it's your imagination and so on and so forth. So it, it, so she was never really there for me when I needed her the most. And 
but I realized she's in a state of denial too. I believe that she may have actually known what was happening, but there was just no way she was going to be able to do anything about it. So she's in a deep denial about it too, you know, and that's just a perception. But she came over from Denmark. She came over from another country. And, um, you know, so she was sort of, she made her bed and she's sleeping in it. And that was kind of what she decided. So uh, I really just have had to do this on my own. So this has been a journey of self-healing. And I've used every possible modality that I can. Reiki, I became a Reiki master. I give Reiki to myself whenever I get in a panic. I, I have a lot of different tools to use to clear energy um, and also ask help from the angels to help me to release stuff that I'm taking on. Um, so it's, it's, so it's been a very interesting process of self-healing, self-discovery. Uh, I've done Kabbalah work, uh, getting into all that various different parts of the, the Kabbalistic tree, uh, which is also, that was a, an amazing process that took four years to do, but um, it's just been all part of, the process to learn how to just heal myself. So that's been my main objective. And I realize if I heal, I can help heal my family too. And it does go in, it feeds out in all direction, time, space, even those that are deceased. So I, I know I'm doing something special, even though it's been very, very difficult and very lonely too. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I hope that helps. Yeah. So what happened with your relationships with your parents when you started to recall your memories? Did you cut well, them off? They didn't support um, I, I actually, in the beginning, when my mother basically told me, you're making it up and you're lying and, you know, just not believing anything that I was telling her, I kind of didn't expect her to come running to my side because she hadn't been there since the beginning. So, you know, it, it was not like a big surprise, but I realized I had a stand to make and I needed to stand in my power. And I, you know, my mother immediately said, you need to talk to your father. And I'm like, what are you kidding me? You know? Um, so the, the situation at age 15, I did address earlier on about 2007. Uh, but these memories, I finally did, I, I think I wrote him a letter. I did. I wrote him a letter and he wrote back and said, you're crazy. You need help. And that was all he said. So I thought to myself, wow, what a projection of his own reality, you know, because he's the crazy one and he needs help and he's never gone for help. None of need my mother, my mother did go for a little help at one point, but my father refused to go for any kind of therapy of any kind. Uh, so I, I, maybe they did a little marriage counseling, but it lasted for about five minutes, you know? Mm. Um, but so I just cut him off. I cut him off for about four and a half years. And I ended up cutting off my siblings too. I only had one sibling that uh, kind of hung in there with me, even though she didn't believe me. 
but um, but all that has changed. I've I've gotten back together with them to to heal that hurt and that harm. But then I realized that even coming back with them created a situation where I was being victimized again. And so what happened was whenever the my one sister who was there for me suddenly turned on me like, you know, like white on rice and whenever she had the opportunity of throwing me under the bus in front of the family, like showing them camaraderie, you know, that uh, solidarity kind of thing with the other family, like, oh, Diane, she, you know, she's woo-woo and she does all these weird things and she's out there and she has, you know, it's like, this is all a bunch of lies, which it's not. You know, I mean, these are my truths. And unfortunately, I've even seen situations with other siblings, but they don't believe it. And that's their their deal. Um, but so I, I realized I'm being thrown under the bus and it happened a couple of times. And I was being literally berated with verbiage and thrown under the bus in front of the family. And I just fought back and said, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. So slowly but surely, it's like I'm just pushing them away again. So, you know, it's like, I have things I have to do. And it's actually inhibited me from getting things done, because of the guilt and the shame and the stuff, the connections with this family that don't believe me anyway. So what's the difference now? So now I'm just saying, the heck with it, I'm going to do my thing. And I'm going to help those that need help that have been down this similar path especially those that recall late in life, all these memories that <laughs> were buried. Um, right. So it's, it's actually been my, my mission. It's why I'm here. It's what I'm supposed to do. And, and I've been trained through shamanic practices, through all these various different methods I've gone through. Um, uh, I've been very fortunate as being a stockbroker. I did have money that I lived on for a while. So that was like a blessing that's all gone now. So it's like, it's amazing how I feel like spirit has supported me as I've supported myself to get through this process. But, um, but it's been, it's, it's like completely <laughs> turned my life upside down <laughs> completely. So I, you know, so, but I'm standing in my power and I'm not backing down and I'm not changing my tune and this is who I am and this is what happened. And I'm here to help anybody that has gone through something similar because it's just um it's it can absolutely destroy your life in many ways but as the destruction that happens it's allowing you to rebuild and re reorganize your life in a so much better way and so empowering but it takes a while to be able to kind of take all that back so you mentioned something pretty key that I find most trauma survivors struggle with, despite the fact that they're not abusing themselves. Um, I call it don't claim the shame because you're not the one that's the abuser. But it's interesting how many survivors end up feeling guilty or shameful. I'm wondering how you work past that. I had a situation just recently um, that I had uh, done some work with a woman down here that does uh, transgenerational clearing work on the family uh, history. And I did it with 
almost all my siblings, my parents, my grandparents, my daughter, my ex-husbands, and so on and so forth, um, I realized that one of the situations with one of the siblings involved me and that sibling and uh, the abuser, which we all know who it is. Um, and I felt such guilt from that, that it, and this was only about three or four months ago. And it took me almost, I, it took me a couple of weeks to even fully understand and get over the, the hurt. I ended up actually having to call 211 and uh, try to find somebody to talk to because I was in a panic. I actually got really upset. Um, and I just felt such guilt and shame because then it made sense about why my one sibling treats me the way she does because she's so damn angry inside. And this is something that she's holding on to. And that's why she's aiming it at me because we were part of the journey together at some point. And so that, that part was worse than any other part. And just the having to get over it and forgive, I think was <laughs> probably one of the biggest and most, uh, most challenging of all. But, um, but yeah, getting past the guilt and the shame, I realized it was an emotion that I had to actually experience. I had to feel it in order to heal it. And that's actually kind of a saying that I have. It's like I realized even as I was being led to uh, through this non-physical spirit guide of mine from back when, back in 2011, I was actually being set up for falls. I know this sounds very bizarre, but I was being set up for these um, uh, betrayals and so what was happening was I was actually, I'm sure I was just doing this on myself, you know, let's just say, you know, spirit guide or not. Um, I was setting myself up to be able to experience what it felt like to be betrayed and to be misled and to be controlled and to be manipulated. And all those feelings were what I felt when I was being, uh, hey, come on in here, I want to show you something you know, when I was being abused and like a little kid, ah, you know, and then realizing that I'm being set up for a fall and I'm being betrayed and so on and so forth. So these were all feelings that I actually had to feel and to understand and to be able to get over them. So I'm embracing these, I'm embracing the victim. I'm embracing the, um, the shame that I felt and I'm embracing the guilt and so on. So just to learn from it, to figure it out, because we have to learn in order to understand it and to heal it and get past it so that we can move on with our lives and not be stuck. And believe me, I've been stuck for a while, but I've just made the decision uh, within the last you know, year or so that I'm not gonna do this anymore. I'm wasting my life. I'm just sitting here doing nothing. And it and being depressed sometimes and going down that that uh, ugly uh, rabbit hole and then realizing it's like wait a minute time out I don't have to do that mm. this is attitude I can change my course of my life through my attitude and to change the way I feel about things 
So these have been recent. This is something that I've been doing uh, consciously and realizing it's like, I don't have to feel this bad anymore. I don't have to take on the collective consciousness of or unconsciousness of all the people that have been sexually abused. I don't have to do that. I can just get rid of it. It's not mine anymore. You know, I've got my own stuff that I'm dealing with. So that's kind of what I'm, that's like I said, I'm, I'm you know, this is what I do. <laughs> this is my clearing work. So I ask my angels to help. And when I find myself taking on too much and I'm starting to go down that guilt and shame road, um, I say, please take this away. This is, it's like, whether it's mine or not, I don't need to hold on to it anymore. It's, it's, it's only messing me up. It's only holding me back. It's only keeping me in the victim role. And that's the one thing in the sweat lodges over 10 years ago that I had asked to release the victim. And they said, well, it's going to take some time. And they were right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that the whole time you're sharing that was, I felt it. it was very powerful, you know, learning, you said, you know, learning to sit with shame and guilt, but then also learning to when to let it go. I found that to be very powerful. Yeah, it has been. And, and it's an ongoing thing. I mean, you know, things percolate up. There's still little bits and pieces that come around. And I was just doing some artwork yesterday that was art therapy that was just at the last minute. And, and I realized how much was just percolating up to the surface and, it's, um, you know, it's just an opportunity. I'm looking at things rather than looking at like, oh my God, here it is again. It's like, okay, what haven't I learned that I need to learn from this so it doesn't keep happening? So, uh, you know, it's a big, huge blooming onion that you're just peeling parts of it off and getting down to the root and coming to that part where it's like, okay, yeah, there it is. Um, I can actually pluck that out and toss it away now and just ask the angels to take it and get rid of it. It's not doing me any good. It's just holding me back from being my full authentic self and my whole self. And I, I, you know, I feel like this is just part of my journey. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. (laughs) So this is a question that's a little bit off topic, I think. Um, But I usually ask my speakers because I'm such a book nerd and feel feel like bibliotherapy is also very helpful. Do you have like a favorite book that's related to your work or not that you would recommend to our audience? Um, I I have actually a lot of favorite books. Um, A lot of the Dr. Brian Weiss books, who is does past life regression. He's actually a psychiatrist and a specialist in that field. Um, he had a best-selling book back in the day, which was called Many Lives, Many Masters. And that also gets into that woo-woo that people might be wondering about. And here, this was a mainstream guy. He was as, he is as analytical as you can get. I've taken a couple of courses from him directly, uh, five, a five-day workshop that I got, uh, certified in hypnotherapy. Um, so he, uh, he goes down that route and shows the value of being able to address this stuff. So so much of it, very often, whether it's in this lifetime that we're addressing, also comes from other lifetimes that we are dealing with. So it's a belief system. Some people believe in uh, reincarnation in past lives. Some people don't. I've dealt with both. Some people just stay in this lifetime. They don't go anywhere else. 
and that's fine. It's, it's all good. But um, that I think is a, a good introduction to this work, Many Lives, Many Masters. Uh, also, some of the Doreen Virtue books are very helpful for some of the um, healing with the angels and uh, uh, the Ascended Masters and Archangel book that she has and another one too, um, uh, Angel Therapy book is another one. And also uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer, the late Wayne Dyer, uh, any of his books are amazing. Some of the more recent ones uh, really got into, again, he was going down that woo-woo path as well. And also Dr. Um, uh, Carolyn Mace, I think she's a doctor or she's a PhD, I'm pretty sure. Uh, she is a medical intuitive. Her very first book, the very first one that I ever read that started changing my entire path was um, Anatomy of the Spirit. And that particular book just completely changed my life. And it really opened up a lot of doors. And it was a self-healing method uh, and also self-healing of yourself. She even teaches you how to do medical intuitive on yourself. Uh, so it's very deep. So her books are extremely deep. But it was incredibly, it was just like starting to set the path for me to go down this path. Uh, and that was in like 98 or something that I read that book. And it, it like literally changed my life. I ended up leaving the work that I was doing as a stockbroker shortly thereafter, about five, right. six months. Yeah, it changed my life. So, yep. Yeah, that, those, are, those are just a few. That was great. I, yeah, really great. So... To start the wrapping up process, I would love to hear two things. Um, one is some final tips for trauma survivors on how they can get on the path of healing. And also, if someone in my audience would love to work with you, how what is the best way in reaching you and connecting with you about working with you? Um, as far as staying on the path First of all, I just want to congratulate you <laughs> for even coming to the awareness of, of this work because it is truly one of the most difficult paths, I think, that anybody can choose to be on. Anybody that has been sexually abused in any form or fashion or uh, any kind of abuse, quite frankly, whether it's uh, physical, emotional, mental, sexual, it all falls under the umbrella. And to be able to do the inner work that is necessary to move forward on your path is just, I just applaud you because I know I'm doing it and it is hard. It is hard work and it's almost, I would say it's, I hate to say it, but it's like a daily thing. And at least it is for me and it's part of my path. So yes, I do it all the time. And I, and I'm getting bolted from different angles too, and it can really pull you down. And it's recognizing it and asking for help, whether you ask for help from a physical person or whether you're asking help from God or your spirit guides or your ascended master teachers or your archangels or your angels, your holy guardian angel, whatever works for you, it doesn't matter. You ask for help and you will receive. And so you don't have to beat yourself up with this stuff. And, and again, I've experienced all of this. I've experienced the good, the bad, and the ugly. So when I've you know, done that, 
And I realize I'm beating myself up. I don't deserve this. What am I doing? And it's just these old familiar patterns of thinking, well, you know, if I have been abused, then obviously I must be like, you know, not worth it. And realizing it's like, that's just bullshit. <laughs> that's not right. It's right. all just stuff that you were conditioned to believe by others that felt that way about themselves. And they were just projecting their crap onto you. And that's like realizing it's like, okay, we're getting rid of this crap. It's not mine. <laughs> I'm going to find out who I am. So that's been my mission. And I hope that for all of whoever sees this podcast. And if you want to contact me, my my website is dianehogan.com. It's D-I-A-N-E-H-O-G-A-N.com. And you can also uh, just click on my contact page on there, or you can email me at shamanspiritmentor at gmail.com. That's shaman is S-H-A-M-A-N spirit, S-P-I-R-I-T, mentor, M-E-N-T-O-R, at gmail.com. So that would be the way to contact me. Thank you very Diane. much. Yeah. We appreciate it. Yeah. Diane, we are super lucky to have you on our show today and appreciate all of, your, all of your wisdom. Thank okay. you so much. And thank you so much for, you know, inviting me. This has been uh it's been another level, uh, another layer of the onion coming off. So thank you so much for helping and, and helping all the women and the, and the men that you do. Uh, this is very, very important work for us all. So have a great thank day. You. you too. Thank you. Thank you for listening in today. Please join us next week, same day and time. Also, I would love for you to check out my website, HealThriveDream.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.